message on my phone in my pocket. So uh, Genesis chapter 37, Genesis 37. Uh, <clears throat> last week we did get started on this. And so I'm just going to go through the first point and then we'll go through and then we'll start on the second point there. But the pursuit of Joseph, look in chapter 37 uh, and let's begin reading in verse number 12. If you have your Bible, Joseph, uh, the Bible says in verse number 12, and his brethren went to feed the, flock, the father's flock in Shechem and Shechem is about 60 miles away from Joseph's home. So Joseph travels about 60 miles to go check on his brother. Now, uh, we notice here that Je Joseph, he submitted to his father. Uh, he went to check on the, on the flock for his father. And uh, verse, number, verse number 13, And Israel said to Joseph, do not, thy, do not thy brothers feed the flock in Shechem come, and I will send thee unto them. And he said, Here am I. So he submitted himself. He said, Okay, Dad, I'll go. And he said, Go, and I pray thee, see whether it be well with thy brethren and well with the flocks, and bring me word again. So he sent out of the vale of Hebron, <coughs> and he came to Shechem, and a certain man found him. And behold, he was wandering in the fields, and the and the man asked him, saying, What seekest thou? And he said, I seek my brethren. Tell me, I pray thee, where they feed the flock. So he said, I'm, I'm here looking for my brothers. I need to look. So he found, so he's, he's pursuing them. And he goes until he finds them. But watch what happens in verse number 18. The Bible says, and we'll move to point number two, the persecution of Joseph. The Bible says, and when they saw him afar off, even before he came near unto them, they what? They conspired against him to slay him. So think about this as we, as we get ready to start this. Here it is, a godly young man, a man who is, uh, who's seeking after God, who, who, uh, who has a desire to please God, who, who God gave a vision to and, and had dreams from, from God. Here he is coming to his brethren and they see him and immediately they say, we got to kill this guy. We got to kill him. Now, I'm going to read you a text in 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse number 12, if you want to write that down. 2 Timothy 3 and verse number 12. The Bible says, Yea, and all that live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. What does that mean? That means if you live godly enough for Christ, you will suffer persecution. Now, now listen to this. Now, now think about this as we, as we move through this text. Verse number 19. And they said one to another, Behold, the dream, this dreamer cometh. So here we are. They, they see their brother coming. They want to kill him. They conspired to kill him. And uh, verse 20. Come now, therefore, and let us slay him and cast him into some pit. And we will some, say some evil beast have devoured him. And we shall see what shall become of his dreams. Uh, let's, let's get rid of him. Let's kill him. And let's, let's just see what comes of his dreams. Those, those dreams he rubbed in our face, those, those dreams he talked about how his sheaf was better than my sheaf and how all the other ones bowed down to him. Let's see what comes of his dreams now. Now, the Bible says in Proverbs chapter 23 and verse number seven, Proverbs 23 
and verse 7, the Bible says, For as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. What you think about is what you will do. Before the brother came, before Joseph got close to them, do you know what they began to think about? How they were going to destroy their brother. No one commits murder. No one steals. No one, no one takes from another person. No one does evil without first thinking about it. The, the thief that goes in the store has already mapped out his plan, how he's getting in and how he's getting out. I know that you've seen the movies, that you watch those shows where they, they are meeting together and how they're going to steal and rob the bank, right? They've got their exit plan. They've got their driver. They've got how they're getting in. They've got how they're going out. Do you know why? Because they have to think about what they're doing before they do it. The Bible says, for as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Proverbs 23, 7. So here they are. They see the brother coming and they're like, let's get him. Let's kill him. Let's kill him. They begin to think, conjure up this idea. Let's, let's, let's kill him. So when he gets closer, let's kill him. And then, and then throw him in a big pit and, uh, and, let, and, 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 and pretend that a big beast ate him. Yeah, yeah, that sounds good. What you, what you guys think about that? Yeah, yeah, sounds like a good plan. Evil, <laughs> wicked That's it. brothers. With friends like that, who needs enemies, right? Yeah, that's the truth. Man, that's terrible. That's, his own that's terrible that they would think about him like that. But here's a couple thoughts as we, as we go through these first few verses, and then we'll move on uh, to the next part. Now look in verse, or just reference, verse number four, verse number five, verse number eight tells that the brothers hated him. They hated him. Verse four, five, and eight say that. Verse number 11 tells us that they envied their brother. So here they are. This is not something new. This is not something that just happened. This is something that they have hated him for a while. Okay, so they hated him. Verse number 19, they mocked him. Look in verse 19. And they said one to another, behold, this what? Now, here comes the old dreamer. Look at this old dreamer. Look at that dreamer. You think that they said that loud enough so Joseph could hear that? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, look at that idiot. I mean, he, he, here he comes down the road. Look, look at that old dreamer making fun of the dreamer. Now, what was Joseph dreaming about? What was Joseph doing? Joseph was dreaming about God's word, about how God's plan was for his life. Though Joseph didn't know the, uh, the exact thing that would, that would take place, he didn't know exactly what the dream was about and how God would see fit and, and the prophecy in the dream and the, and the fulfillment of the dream. Joseph didn't know, but ultimately they mocked his dream. Now, isn't it not true today that we have people who mock God 
and mock the word of truth and mock the Bible and mock God's word and mock God's salvation. And that's what takes place in mocking him, making fun of his dream, making fun of that truth. And let's slay him. Let's kill him. And verse number 20, the Bible says, Some evil beasts have devoured him, and we shall see what becomes of his dreams. Let's just see what becomes of his truth. Let's just see what becomes of his truth, huh? What does the Bible say? Isaiah 40, verse 8, the Bible says, The grass withereth, the flower fadeth, but the word of our God shall stand how long? Forever. So you may mock and you may curse and you may make fun of God's word, but God's word will stand forever. And this is what was taking place. They were mocking, ultimately, they were mocking the dreamer, but ultimately they were mocking God. That's right. They were mocking God, persecuting God. Those that live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. They didn't hate him. They hated God. Now, let's continue to read. Verse number 21. The Bible says in verse 21, And Reuben heard it. Reuben stood up for him. Reuben says he heard what they were going to do. He heard what they were talking about, and he, and he delivered him out of the hand. So don't think for just a moment that all of them got, went along with it. Not all of them went along with trying to kill their brother. Reuben stands up and says, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. We're not killing him. Let's continue reading. He delivered him out of their hands. He said, let us not what? We're not going to kill him. Hey, bro, brothers, we're not killing him. We're not, we're not killing him. Verse 22, And Reuben said unto them, Shed no blood, but cast him into this pit that is in this wilderness, and lay no hands upon him, that he might rid him out of their hands to deliver him to his father again. Do you know what Reuben just said? Don't kill him. Don't kill him. Let's just throw him in this pit for a couple minutes, and then we'll take him back to dad. That's what, that's what Reuben just said. Now, yes, ma'am. Why do you think Reuben, well, one, is it good that Reuben stood up for his brother? Yeah. Yeah. Was that the right thing for Reuben to do? Was, let's stick him in that pit over there till later. You think that's right? No. I wasn't right, but it's... It was a lot better than killing him, right? That's right. See, what happened was, is Reuben was compromising with evil. Mm -hmm. Instead of saying, boys, we ain't killing him. Take him back to his dad. Just let Joseph go back. Reuben, Reuben was compromising with evil. He said, well, that's not as bad. Isn't that where we go sometimes? Mm -hmm. Well, did you see what they were doing? Well, I don't do that as, as bad as them. Is that where we are? Well, did you see where they were? Did you see what they were doing? I mean, we don't do it that bad, do we, honey? We're not as bad as them. 
I mean, think about, think about that for just a, a second. Reuben said, oh, wait a minute, we're not killing him. Just stick him in the pit. <laughs> well, let's just stick him in the pit. What are you going to do, lower food down to him later and put some water down there on the ground so he can drink it like a little puppy or something? I mean, seriously, what are you going to do? Yeah. That's evil. So as evil as the brothers were trying to kill him, Reuben's, Reuben's suggestion was not as evil, but it was still... It was a compromise with evil. Verse, go ahead. What was he going to say? Trying to do half evil. Half evil. You know, half evil and, half and that's how we. That's how we justify it. Is that not how we do that? Is that not how we justify it? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's not as bad. Trying to straddle the fence. That's not as bad. Look at verse number twenty-three. And it came to pass when Joseph would come uh, uh, unto his brothers, they stripped Joseph out of his coat. They, the first thing they did, what did they do? They took his coat. You know why? That's why they hated him. They hated that coat. They hated the, the symbol of that coat. What Joseph stood for, what that coat stood for, that coat stood for that their daddy loved them more than them. That coat stood for that, that their daddy had made them Joseph the leader of them. That's what that coat stood for, and they hated him for that coat. So they took it off of him. And his coat of many colors, and that was on him. And they took him, and they cast him into a pit, and the pit was empty. There was no what? There's no water in it. I would, I just pure assumption, pure, pure belief, probably like a well and the well was dry. So they threw him in that, in that pit because the well was dry. There was no water in it. In verse number 25, and what did they do? What did they do after they cast him into the pit? Well, hey, hey man, we just, we just threw somebody in the pit. Let's go, let's go out to eat. And they all sat down and ate bread. And they lifted up their eyes and looked at me. Hold, uh, look, look. Think about this for just a second. Think about how evil. Think about how, how hard-hearted these young men had to be. They threw their brother in a pit to die, basically. I mean, sure, they might have thought maybe uh, Reuben said we got to come back and get him for daddy. Well, let's just throw him in a pit just to teach him a lesson. And teach him, you're not number one. You're not the leader of this group. We're going to teach him a lesson. So let's throw him in this pit. But think about how hard-hearted someone has to be throwing him in the pit. All right, guys, let's, let's, let's gather around. Let's eat some food. Their brother is sitting in a pit with no water and no food, and he just traveled 60 miles to get to you. Let's throw him in a pit. Let's eat. That's wicked. Man. But I'm going to tell you, that's what hatred will do to a person. And that's what envy will do to a person. That's what unforgiveness will do to a person. That's what bitterness will do to a person, is it will crawl up on, in the inside of them and destroy them. Who would ever think about casting their brother into a pit and leaving him there and sitting down and going to eat a meal? Who does that? That's right. We were watching a documentary on... Uh, my mind just went blank of that guy who killed so many women. Um, Ted Bundy. Ted Bundy. 
he he had he had a a woman a girlfriend and he had a and he had a daughter not a daughter with her but she had a daughter and he lived with them he'd go be he would be killing women down the road and come home to them that night and act like nothing ever happened they just threw their brother in a pit all right let's go eat could your conscience sit there and eat bread Pass around the pass around the bottle to get a drink. Pass around the the bread around the fire, and let's let's sit down and eat while my brother is in a pit. That's hatred. That is pure persecution going on towards Joseph. You hate somebody that much? Cringe every time you see him. <laughs> but the hatred that they had towards the brother was ungodly. It was wrong. Is it? It was wrong. Why why was it wrong? Why is it wrong to hate somebody? Why do you think it's wrong to hate somebody? Someone tell me. We're told not to. What does the Bible say? Love your what? That's right. That's right. What does it say about your enemy, though? Love your enemy. Bless them that curse you and pray for them that despitefully use you. You ever do that? Don't answer that. Don't answer that. Don't answer that. <laughs> Lord, would you get them? Lord, would you throw them in that pit? I used to, but I don't do it. In that, sometimes we ought not to do that, but we do sometimes. Because I'm going to tell you, Everybody in this room, you've been done wrong by somebody. Somebody's hurt your feelings. I had a brother-in-law. My brother-in-law, he knew how to push my buttons. And he knew it was the church, my, my religion. Yeah. He'd push it every time we go there. Every time we go, we can up leave. And so the said one time, why do you let him bother you so much? Because he does. The person let's go. Because I didn't want to talk about it. Yeah. So he was going down the highway. Why do you let him bother Why do you let him bother He's not good. When he talking, when he said that, so, no, you're right. So after that, I just said, "Weird." Yeah. Well, I'm not. not that he's nothing. I understand what you're saying. That that didn't bother me. Mm -hmm. Because one thing I, I thought Bruce should take up for me. Mm -hmm. Because it didn't bother him. Yeah, but it, but it bothered you. But it bothered me. Yeah. And so he knew he knew that's what would get my my goat. Yeah. Then after I quit thinking about it, it was okay. Yeah, and then he stopped getting you so bad. He did. Yeah. Because there are some people simply you want to be you want me to be honest with you. There are some people that will get you um, riled up just to get you riled up and walk away laughing, just that like was, <laughs> was, I got your goat and uh, and got y'all riled up. There are people that, that live like that, and right and and the, them doing that is wrong, but. Us reacting to that is is just as wrong. That man, walk away from there so mad, you know. 
And uh, look, don't even think about, don't even think for just a moment that, that there hadn't been a time or two when, more than a time or two, but there's been times, man, I walk away and I'm so mad, but somebody's got me so wound up, you know, but the thing about it is, is uh, you can't allow that emotion to control you. And that's what these brothers did. They allowed that emotion to control them. So much hatred, so much envy. They hated their brothers. They envied, they envied their brothers so much that they reacted to that. But the thing about Joseph didn't react like that, John. No, he didn't. He didn't do that. No, he didn't. And even, even when he had the chance to, he still didn't. Because even here, I mean, I don't know that the Bible would tell us, but it doesn't say that he fought back. You're going to come take my coat off? Are you? No. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? I'm going to go down without a fight? That a couple of them didn't end up with a black eye? I mean, I'm serious? Your brother goes, come take off your coat, Derek. You're going to fight back? I mean, you just go, okay, brother, you can just have my coat, you know, throw it and smash it. I'm going to, I mean, and it was, it was a symbol of disrespect. It was like coming to you and slapping you in the face and you just standing there going, yeah, it's no big deal. I mean, would you act that way? The Bible says, the Bible tells us to, that if someone slaps you in the cheek, give them the other cheek. Go ahead, hit me in the other cheek. My, do you know what? When someone comes slap me in the face, do you know what I, I want to do? I want to slap him back. I want to retaliate. But Joseph, here he is. I mean, he could have, I don't know. It doesn't say, it doesn't tell us, but more than likely, I would say that he didn't fight back to try to take his coat. Now, I do not think for just a moment any Christian needs to be a, uh, a pushover for anybody. I don't think, I, you need to stand up and fight for what's right. I mean, things that are going on, we, don't be afraid to, to fight for your, yourself and defend yourself. There, you need to do that. But out of pure hatred towards people, you need to be careful. You need to be careful. That's right. That's right. It's true. It's true. So, we see Robin, Robin, <laughs> Reuben says, hey, let's not get him. Let's not, let's not kill him. They sat down and ate, which surely shows no conscience. But look at what happens in verse number 29. And when Reuben returned unto the pit, what happened? Behold, Joseph was not in the pit, and he rent his clothes. What, what took place? See, what happened was, is Joseph, or Reuben compromised with evil, and he left his brother in a pit, but not only that, but he abandoned post. If he wanted to keep his brother in that pit, guess what he was going to have to do? Stay at the pit. But where did he go? He abandoned his post. He went down the road. I don't know what he was doing. I don't know where he was going. I don't know what was taking place, but he wasn't there to protect his brother. Now, you'll notice later on, we'll get to that, but at the end when, when, uh, when jo uh, Jacob is standing uh, with all of his sons, he tells Reuben that he's unstable as water. 
Now, this is this not just a signification of what's taking place with Reuben? Is Reuben can't even stay at his post and watch his brother to make sure that nothing took place? But do you know what they did to their brother? Do you know what they did to Joseph? The guy that came down the road? Do you know what they did? They sold him. They picked him up out of that pit and they sold him to the guys to be a slave. Now, how insane is that? How much hatred is that for you to hate your brother so much? I'm going to make him a slave. I mean, sure, you might have a little brother or you might have a brother that you'd like to make a slave, but come on. Sell him to be a slave? Make money on, on the behalf of your brother? So that he would be a slave? That's crazy. So who suffered? Who suffered at the hands of their brothers? Verse number 28, And there, then there passed by the Midianites merchantmen, and they drew and lifted out Joseph out of the pit and sold Joseph to the Ishmaelites for how many pieces of silver? Twenty. That's all their brother was worth? Twenty pieces of silver. Reuben comes back, tears his, rent his clothes, verse 30, and he returned to his brother and said, This, the child is not, and I, I, whither shall I go? And they took Joseph's coat, and they killed a coat of, a kid of, of the goats, and they dipped the coat in the blood, and they sent the coat of many colors, and they brought it to their father and said, This have we found. Now know whether it be thy son's coat or no. And he knew it and said, It is my son's coat. An evil beast hath devoured him. Joseph is, is without a doubt rent in pieces. And Jacob rent his clothes and put sackcloth upon his loins and mourned for his son many days. You talk about the suffering that took place here. It wasn't just Joseph. Joseph suffered. He was in that pit. They picked him up. Um, what his brothers did, they stripped him of his clothes, they shoved him into a pit, and they sold him off to the highest bidder. But not only did Joseph suffer, but his father suffered. Think about in verse 35, the Bible says that he, uh, and listen to verse 35, he says, And his sons and his daughters, and all his sons and all his daughters rose up to comfort him, but he refused to be comforted, and he said, For I will go down into the grave unto my son, Mourning, thus his father wept for him. Do you know what he said? He said, "I'm going to live. I'm going to mourn the rest of my life because you, because my brother, my son is dead. He's dead. He's dead. Some beast killed him. They they killed a coat. They killed a, a little goat, and they made his jacket look like it was that the coat that the that some beast killed him and ripped him to shreds. But again, what took? Why? Why does this take place? Because they hated him. Because they despised him. They envied him. They did all that. Joseph suffered. Daddy suffered. But I want to tell you something. Do you know who else suffered? Them boys. You say, how did them boys suffer? For the next 
so on years until they get to until they uh, until they meet their brother again, you will see. I, I can't remember the chapter. I think it's forty. Um, I have to. Sorry, I didn't write the reference down. Chapter forty-two. He stands. Joseph stands before his brother, or brothers stand before Joseph. Joseph is in charge of at Egypt, and his and his brothers. Um, and I'm not going to find the verse, but his his brothers beg, beg, saying, "Don't do this! Don't do this!" Because we still have guilt, and basically, is what the Bible tells that they still have guilt of doing what they did to Joseph. You think a moment of what? A moment of pleasure, ma'am. Verse twenty-one. Thank you. And they said one to another, we are verily, verily guilty concerning our brother in that we saw the anguish of his soul when, we, when he besought us and we would not hear. Therefore is this distress come upon us. Do you know what they were saying? We have been dealing with this for years and years and years. Would you just get it off of us? One moment of pleasure, one moment of sin, one moment of will give you guilt. These young men paid. They suffered with this guilt of what they did to their brother for the for every year. Every year, Daddy would mourn his death. Every year, they'd hey you you anybody who's lost anybody, you know the day in which that person passed, and so you. Deep down inside, you you may not have a big celebration. You may not remember it all the way, but you know the day that they passed. And so that next day on that calendar, the next year on that calendar, you have a day where you were kind of sad, where you kind of mourned the loss of that person. Every year, his daddy mourned. Every year, his daddy cried. Every year, his daddy wept. And those brothers sat there and in guilt and in shame and in agony and tore up because of their hatred and their envy towards their brother. Hated him so much. They stripped him and they shoved him and they sold him because they hated him. I'm going to tell you, that's what hatred and envy and bitterness and unforgiveness will do to your soul. If you don't get it out. If everybody would be honest with themselves. They know. That they have dealt with. Or they are dealing with. That. Unforgiveness. Or forgiveness towards somebody. Working on trying to forgive somebody. That has hurt you. Because don't think for just a moment. If you don't forgive somebody. That's always going to be there. The Lord's Prayer says, Lord, forgive those that have trespassed against me. Mm. Right? That's right. So the Lord will forgive who? Me. You. So if I don't forgive those that have trespassed against me, God's not going to forgive me. The Bible says, if I regard iniquity in my heart, God will 
not hear me. These men walked around with guilt and shame for years because of what they did to their, their brother. And they never got it right until they stood before Joseph again. I believe some like 20 years later. But I'm going to say this. Galatians 6, 7 says, Be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. They lied to their father. They lied about Joseph. They used a coat to aid in the deception against their brother. Then they killed a goat to deceive their brother. And then they paid for that decision for the next 20-so years. Guilt. Shame. There's people who live with guilt their whole life because of a decision they made out of anger, out of bitterness, out of hatred, a rash, hateful, ugly decision like that. And honestly, there's people in this room, your benefit, I mean your benefit, you've received one of those. Somebody was hateful. Somebody lashed out on you because of anger in just a moment. You will never be able to take back those words that they said to you. You'll never be able to forget. I've said this before, but forgiveness is not forgetting that it ever took place. Because you can't forget. You'll never be able to forget those words. I don't know who came up with the statement, but it's the dumbest statement I've ever heard. Sticks and stones may break my bones, but words may never hurt me is the dumbest statement I've ever heard. Words will stick with you the rest of your life. You will remember what Mary Jan said to you in second grade on the playground when she hurt your feelings and she called you four eyes or whatever. You say, are you calling me four eyes? No, I'm not. Sorry. I just did. Sorry. Y'all never be able to forgive me for that. I'm sorry. But we remember those things. We remember what people say. And there's been someone that lashed out on you at anger. And you can choose to forgive them or you can choose to... Ooh, every time you see them and get angry, try to get, ang- try to get even... All right, I'm done because it's, out, it's after eight. Anybody have any thoughts or questions? Anybody have any input? Mm-hmm. We have any questions about tonight's lesson? You covered everything, Mother Trent. You covered it all. To, to, to be honest with you, this subject... Forgiveness, bitterness is a very important subject. Um, And it's something that every Christian in this room deals with or has dealt with or will deal with. Because there's been somebody in your life that has hurt you.
There has been. There's people who will never come back to church because someone hurt them. And they choose to allow that hurt to keep them away. I ain't going down there. You ever heard, I ain't going to church because there's too many hypocrites? Mm-hmm. Yeah. My husband used to say that. He wouldn't go to church because my mother said there's hypocrites in hell too. <laughs> <laughs> there's hypocrites in hell? There's hypocrites at Walmart? Exactly. Well, you just go ahead and go to Walmart and shop because there's a bunch of hypocrites down there. Right there. Every sinner needs Jesus. Well, we must remember a couple things. One is watch our mouth. Watch our words. Words can be so hurtful. And not even just the words, but just the tone in which we say them. Because the tone can be just as hurtful as the words can be. Yes. And you never forget that. But as a Christian, we must forgive. We can never forget, but we must forgive. So that we don't have so much hatred and bitterness towards somebody. All right, let's pray. Lord, I thank you for today. I thank you for letting us be here together tonight. I 